Okay, Nefesh Achaim. We hold it in Sharbat, Perek Yudalit. And now Nefesh Achaim is going to go back to explain what he said at the beginning of the Shar. And that is that Tefillah is the way we makayim the Pasuk of Avayris Hashem. The Pasuk says, And now we're going to explain how does a person serve Hashem with his whole Nefesh. And the reason why it's a question is because when in the first paragraph of Shema, we talk about then the way the Chazal explain it is that a person is willing to give up his life for Hashem. And how does it apply to tefillah? In what way is davening and also an avoider of v'chol nafshechem? So that's what the nafshechem is going to explain to us. I'm just going to say at the beginning what you learn in advance. And he himself is going to say this in a later parak, and that is that the the concept that the Nefesh Achayim is going to introduce to us is a very high level. It's not necessarily something that a person can always weigh up themselves and feel they're holding there. But he's explaining the ideal. When the Torah looks to what the, so to speak, the amount that Tefillah can reach, the level that a person can gain from davening, the Torah gives us the example. And it's something which a person has to work towards to try and achieve as well. That's what he says. On the Mbeir Akasov, with Chilas Mbeir, to explain the Pasuk we began this with, and that is the Tfilah is the Kiyom of La'avdi B'chol Nafshechem, Sha'avoyles HaTfilah HaShlema. The avoyle of a perfect Tfilah, Tzricha Shutiyam HaNefesh, it involves a person's Nefesh, says Nefeshachayim, Hu Inyan Godol, the Yedim Mubinim Kisas. This is a big concept for a person who understands. Ve'ka'ashe Yasmi Da'odam Tfilah HaBezoyesem HaDrego, the person is able to continue to daven on this level, which is probably going to explain, it's going to add to the purity and the, the spirituality of his tefillah. What's the connection between the tefillah and the nefesh? We find a number of times in the Pesukim or in the Chazal, that tefillah is called nefesh. The Gemara says, from Chanis Tefillah, which is davening for a child, we learn a lot of principles of how to daven. We learn that a person is to quietly, that they have to mouth the words. And one of the Pesukim says there, Uksiv Bachana talking about her own Tefillah. I pour out my nefesh, my soul to Hashem. How do you do that? How do you pour out your soul? How's that a description of Tefillah? My nefesh should praise Hashem, my nefesh should thank Hashem. So we say the same thing. David Amalek uses the term of thanking Hashem with his nefesh. And lastly, a Gemara, which is in the first book of Brachas, the Chazal Amr Perikam of the Brachas, Shnaim Shnichon Sule Ispada, two people went to Daven. And in those days, Davening was in the places outside the city. And therefore, it was dangerous after na- at night, after the person finished Davening, to walk back alone. And from where they used to dive back into the city, which is why we know Chazal will attacking us Maganovis and Shabbos or Baruch Hashem Yom Yom and Kutzlaris during the week. So that way everyone would finish diving together and they would be able to come back into the city together. Rav Yehuda talking about a case of two people who went to Davin. They caught the Mechad Mimni Spiral, one of them finished having and he left on his own. And he left his friend behind. Below him, Tim Eschavay didn't wait for his friend to finish, that he would accompany him back home. His Tefillah gets ripped up. Why? So Rashi explains, 
because he left, now his friend couldn't concentrate on his davening because he's worried how am I going to get home by myself. So as a result, his tefillah gets ruined as well. But the possible, the Gemara is a possible person. The possible person is Hashem will tear up your nefesh in his anger. And what does that mean? Says Rashi. You caused that Hashem would tear up your nefesh. So when it's talked to Hashem tearing up a person's tefillah, so to speak, it uses the word nefesh. So how does the tefillah replace or involve the nefesh? That is called an avoid of the nefesh. So nefesh Achaim is going to explain it in four steps. So the first one is the conceptual idea, then he's going to talk about three steps about how that can affect the way a person does. So the first thing he says, as we know, the tefillah comes to replace the korbanis. Just like the idea of the carbon was to bring the nefesh of the animal, not the body. The ikka part of the carbon was the nefesh, but the ikka kapara nefesh. And therefore, the main part of the kapara was brought to bat through throwing the blood on the mizbech. Why? Because, like the Torah tells us many times, adam hu nefesh. That was the part where the, where the nefesh is centered. And if that's the case, so therefore the kapara was brought to bat through the bring of the blood, because that shows the nefesh of the animal brought to Hashem, not just this meat. And the chayn nefesh. Same when it came to burning those parts of the carbon which were brought in the mizbeach, the idea wasn't just to burn the meat of the carbon, the idea was to bring the emurim, which are the organs, which is minor than nefesh. What does that mean? Why was we understand the Torah compares the blood of the carbon to the nefesh? And bringing the blood is considered bringing the nefesh of the carbon. But why is bringing the emurim, the organs of the carbon, considered bringing the nefesh as well? So the answer is in something we've explained a number of times, Nefesh Chaim himself said this, and that is there are different levels of spirituality of Ruchnius within a person. The lowest of those levels is called the nefesh. The nefesh is what provides life to the body. And therefore, animals who are alive have a nefesh as well. This is the concept of lahacha yusuf nefesh kol Every living thing is a nefesh. And where is the nefesh located? In the blood. Like the Pasuk says, many times he just brought ketam nefesh. And just like the blood travels around the body and brings nutrients or oxygen to all the cells of the body, it really is carrying the nefesh with it, which in the spiritual sense is bringing life to all parts of the body. But that's the, 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 so to speak, the means of transport of the nefesh. Where is the nefesh located? So Chazal tell us, it's a zahar, that it's, it's located in those organs which have to do with the development of the blood. If the blood carries the nefesh, then those organs which are intimately involved with the blood are the places where the nefesh is centered. And that is not the heart. All the heart does is pump the blood. It's not involved in production of blood. The two organs which are involved in the production of the, of the blood the first one is the covet, is the liver, where the red blood cells are formed. And the second one is the kidneys, whose job is to purify the blood. And therefore, the covet and the clois are the two organs in the body which are connected to the nefesh. And those are definitely the organs which are brought in the mizbeach, and those carbonates where we bring them in. It's the iseris, the covet, and the shayak clois. The part of the liver and the two kidneys. 
and the fats around them, but those are just patafel to the organs which we're talking about, because those are the repositories or the centers of the nefesh. And then what we're trying to show by the carbon is that the point of the carbon is to bring the nefesh, not to Hashem, not necessarily the, the meat. And if that's the case, when we have tefillah today, the point of the tefillah is also to connect our nefesh to Hashem. And how do we connect our nefesh to Hashem? He explains. The person being a, ne- a living thing is an ability to speak. Now, the way we found before is that speech doesn't come from the nefesh part of the person. The nefesh part of the person is something which animals have too, and animals don't speak. The nefesh part of the person is something which keeps the body alive and the various systems running. Whereas speech comes from a higher place in the person. Speech comes from a person's ability to understand or to express themselves. Which means it's a speech is the result of a person's expression of self. What he has to say, what he wants to explain, how he feels. And this comes from what's called the ruh of a person, which is what the Ungulus calls it, the ruh of Manila. The ruh of a person is where the ability of speech is. And that's the case. When a person speaks, so that's the part of him which is expressing itself. We call it the ruh because this is connected to the system within the body which takes in oxygen and expels oxygen. And it's after that ruh, that breath which is being expelled from the person which produces speech. That's the, so to speak, the air which goes over a person's vocal cords and gets transformed into what he wants to say. And when a person davens, that's the part of him which is expressing itself in davening. And therefore, again, it's not the body of the person. It's a part of the ruchness of a person which is being, uh, which is being utilized in Tveda. Every time a person speaks, it exhales oxygen. That's the ruach which came from inside him. And the dibra will ikan nefesh adam. That's what defines people as different. And they just have a nefesh, they have a ruach as well, which expresses itself in his ability to speak. And therefore, Every word a person says, not just in tefillah, always. Every word a person says is really an expression of his ne- of his ruh, or what he calls his nefesh, but it means the the spiritual part of a person which is being expressed through what he says, and it's utilizing the breath of the person which is that ruh. And when a person's davening, he's doing the same thing. Ba'atzim, he's using his nefesh. Ba'atzim, he's using his ruh, which means that part of his nefesh which is the spiritual part of him, to enunciate the words to what he's saying to Hashem. And how does that happen? How does that therefore become something which a person brings up to Hashem? So, this is the first of the levels he spoke about. And that is that the very act of davening is really an act of elevating the words a person is saying, but together with the breath that a person uses to express those words. And now, how does that apply to the avoid that a person is meant to do during davening? So like we said, when it comes to this, the three stages Nefesh HaChayim explains. The first stage he explains, and therefore he says, When a person stands for Daven, he has to separate his body from his Nefesh, which means, 
обоим векайхас агов. Шенехлику, венисталку, венакшай. All the stupidities and all the meaningless things and all the types of physical things which a person is interested in. That's what his body is interested in. And therefore, uh, when a person is diving, that's what's, in, that's what's on his mind. A person is to separate that from himself. should be something which the person is focusing on from the spiritual part of him and not the physical part of him. And how does he do this? Before he gets up to Daven, he has to separate from himself any kind of physical pleasure or any kind of enjoyment that he would want until he gets to the feeling that he wants to, he is disconnected, he despises in a way from what the body wants. As if he wouldn't be a Balguf, something spiritual, and that's how he's going to stand in front of Hashem for Daven. So, how does a person do this? And what does this mean? Especially since we're not talking now about Daven and Yom Kippur. We're not talking about a person who's davening in a ruchnis or for ruchnis. We're talking about Shemana Yisrael when a person is davening for and asking for physical things. So how can you say I shouldn't want or think about physical things in Shemana Yisrael when the Shemana Yisrael is built around the physical things that I'm asking for? So there's two different points which I want to talk about. The first one is the very fact that a, the way that a person, so to speak, approaches Tefillah. We see we take three steps backwards, we take three steps forwards, we stand with our legs together, we don't need anything. And why is that the tzura? Why is that the form a person has to be in during davening from It's like a malach. Just like a malach stands and has his legs together, he doesn't have separated legs, same thing, Kaya shall stand in the same position as Shemana So we're in a position where we lack a malach. And just like the three stages that a person has to cross to get to the Olam of Ruchnis. Same thing, we take three steps forward to show that we've taken those three steps to get to the stage where we are now. But now, how does a person then make his Tvila something which is, like he saw, not involved in the Hanala Saguf or what he wants? Well, that's really what a person is asking for, physical things. And the Yisoyed is something that Rechaim Velozhin himself teaches us in one of the footnotes at the back of the New Nefesh Rechaim. And he basically says that, with the, the way he says it is like this. He says that people can ask for physical things because they enjoy physical things. And people can ask for physical things because it's necessary in order to serve Hashem. And therefore, the request may be for something physical, but what a person wants with that, to achieve with that, what a person would enjoy it for, is the ability to use it in some way to serve Hashem. And therefore, to daven for physical things because a person is looking for physical pleasure. It's not that it doesn't work. A person can daven for everything and Hashem listens to every tefillah. But if we're talking about a, le- a less level of tefillah, which is on a higher level, a level of tefillah which involves a person's nefesh, then the first meaning of nefesh means ratzan. What a person wants. And therefore, like the, we always bring the raya, means if it's your ratzen, if this is what you want. When Avram told Ephron, if you want to bury, let me bury my mace, he said, 
Nafshachem meant if you're Ratzinist, if you're willing to let me do it. And therefore the first stage, maybe the basic stage, of thinking is the person's tefillah involving his nefesh, is is the person's tefillah influencing what he wants. Which means, if a person wants Gashmias, that's what he's diving for. So once again, a person can double for anything. Hashem listens. There's not a tefillah of the because he hasn't directed his nefesh to the tefillah. His wants, his nefesh, is what he is looking for, is physical. Whereas, if a person refocuses what he wants and why he wants, and instead of wanting physical things, and instead of wanting the havali which come from the body, so what he wants is what he needs in order to serve Hashem. So that's the case. Now he's elevated that sense of the rot, the nefesh, which means the rotten, from something which wants physicality for its own purposes to something which wants the ruchnias which is going to get. And yes, as long as a person is in a physical world, so then he needs the physical setting to help him get, achieve ruchnias. But that becomes the what. That's the first level of tefillah which is with the nefesh. Which means, what's the underlying want behind what a person is asking for? And a person can work on this. A person can want things because he enjoys the physical. A person can want things because he understands that this is a necessary uh, requirement for me to achieve what I want to achieve. For example, a person can enjoy food. And he can daven for food because he enjoys eating. Or a person can understand, if I'm hungry, I'm not going to be able to learn. I'm not going to be able to focus when I have too much tears of how am I going to feed my family. And therefore I ask for it because it's part of my nefesh, my rotten, for something which is more spiritual. So that's the first level of the nafshachim, which means to reassess why am I want what I'm asking for and to work on the nefesh, on the rotten aspect, to make it more rukhni. Rebchaim Vilajna there says it with a famous line of his, which he says in Yiddish, and he says that people want to say that this world is also something. In other words, their world is Echetevelt. This world is also something. And therefore, we don't, we, of course, we want Rukhnis, we want Gashmis too, it's also something. And he says the only one who could say that is somebody like the Vilnikon, who they, they wanted this world in order to serve Hashem. And therefore, if they focus in why they're asking for physical things, is because this is what I need to serve Hashem. Then it's the right thing to say. Then it's the right thing to daven for physical things too. But a person on a dagger, his reason for davening for things shouldn't be because I want to enjoy physical. Not that one can't daven like that, but it's not a dagger. That is directing a person's nefesh, which means what he wants, towards something ruchli. That's the first step that the nefesh Chaim explains to us. There's a second step. He explains. He says, Every word a person says, like we saw beforehand, that a word a person says is a koyach, is a part of his nefesh. A person should attach his feeling to the word he's saying. As if he's putting the nefesh, which means a part of his life, which is the He's using to express the word as if it's a part of him. Like we learned previously, the words a person says in davening, those words go up to Shemaim. 
And those words go up to Shemaim, and those words, as we learned, build the Kisei Yaakovim. And now, if a person doesn't just think, like we saw last time, about the words he's saying and imagining each word as a carbon which is saying up to Shemaim, but there's a step above that. And that is, a person invests his nefesh in saying that word. And therefore he imagines, I'm, I'm being, bringing a part of myself up to Shemaim together with the word of Tzvila I'm saying. What this means we'll see in a moment. But the idea, so he brings in the Zerah. While his lips and his mouth are still moving in the words of the Davidic, in his heart he should have the Kavana that what he wants is that he should go as high as he can go to connect everything on the highest level. That there, the person's rotten can reach and connect to Hashem. Let's see what that means a second. Imagine I'm Davini. And the words I'm saying, and as each word goes up, it goes up to the Kisei It goes up to Hashem. And a person when he's Davini would think, I'm, 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 going up, I'm sending up a part of myself with it. The nefesh, of my, which is the khiz a person has, He's saying, I'm being macro of a part of myself with this word. I want it also to go up to Hashem. And therefore, Then it's as if a person wasn't, it was disconnected to some extent from this world. He's one of the Bnei Aliyah, people who are elevating themselves. After that, it's very hard for a person to bring his thoughts back down to deal with physical things in this world. He's going to feel that he's just fallen off a cliff into a deep ditch. The commission says in Brachas about the Hasidim Harishonim that they used to wait an hour before davening and used to wait an hour after davening. So the hour before davening was preparation for davening. What was the hour afterwards? It seems from the way the Nef is explaining it, it was a climatization. Having been in such a place of connecting to Hashem, so now to come down back to physical uh, surroundings takes the person time. Which means that what a person felt um, when he was connected, so not to lose that feeling, takes the person time to descend. Now, it's hard for us to relate to that because I think for most of us, our tefillah isn't normally on such a spiritual level. But just to give an example when we can relate to this better is on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, when we do focus more on our davening and now we do feel more of a connection, the whole Yom Kippur is built around the fact we lack more malak malachim. We don't eat, we don't drink, we wear white, we stand, we put our feet together, whatever it's going to be. And on Yom Kippur, a person does feel more of that connection through tefillah. And therefore, yes, there are people who often the inner feel a certain fall. That they were in a much more rarefied spiritual atmosphere and then they have to crash down again to this world. That's exactly what he's talking about. And that is, that comes from not just that the person feels what we call stage one, and that is why he's asking for physical things, is because he wants to know for Hashem, but more the experience of tefillah itself is elevating the words a person says to Shemaim, and at the same time, a person feels elevating himself to Shemaim. He feels that he's connecting to what he's saying, 
and he feels that he's in a place now where he's more connected to Ma'ala, which comes from a person putting the feeling into the words he's saying. We said before, a person is meant to think of each word as a carbon, which is saying up to Shemaim, but the carbon is going with the person's feeling of, I want to elevate myself to Shemaim too. It's an interesting thing. In the regular Shachis, we say Kedusha three times. We say Kedusha of the Malachim in Yetzar, in Shemunah Esrei, and again in Avalitzion. In both Yetzar and Avalitzion, we're talking as spectators. We're saying what the Malachim are saying. But when it comes to Shemona Esrei, so now it's different. Now we're saying what we are saying together with the Malachim. Now we're saying that Kadesh Hashem Chav Ba'olam Kashem Shemakdashim Moseh B'Shmei Mora. Or, We and the Malachim. Because the feeling of Shemona Esrei is that a person feels he's also elevating himself to a similar place. To a place where he's also aimed in front of Hashem. To a place where he's also standing like a Malach. And that's the second level of Nafshechem. Nafshechem means the, 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 not just the rotten of why a person is diving for something, but Nafshechem means the feeling that a person gets in Tfilah that he's been mad at himself to, be, that to stand in front of Hashem. Like a Malach. And on this, he brings the Rebbein Yoyna in the footnotes. And he says, the commercial cost of Rebbein Yoyna, Rufenik Ein Amdi. Iyam is paddled, Sarach, Shri Tov'ein of Lemalo, Belibo Lemato. If a person is davening, he should put his, have his eyes down and his heart up. What does that mean? Zed Hashayna HaKadosham, Kedoyimai. Shiyachshav Beliboi, Kilu Ayim B'Shemayim. He should feel as if he's standing in Shemayim. Beyasim Beliboi called Tanugay Ayim Azeh, Bechol Anoy Sagov. And therefore, in that situation, he has no interest in any physical pleasure, or anything in the body wants, that's the first thing we said. Okay, like the early proportion explained, you went Kavana, separate your body from your Neshama. So what's the idea of a person feeling that he's in Shemaim? It's not a shayla of Dimyan, it's not imagination. It's not a person to imagine himself in Shemaim. Because it's a big Yisot. And that is a world of Ruchnius isn't uh, distantly away from us in, the, in another galaxy or another solar system. The world of Ruchnius is right here. It's just not something we can see. And just like we can't see the sound waves which are going past us the whole time, or the other waves of light or sound in the air because we don't have the eyes that can see these things. And just like if we can see the room around us, if a person couldn't hear, they wouldn't see the, what's being said. They would just see the people sitting in the room. Same thing, our eyes can't see Ruchnius. But Ruchnius is here. There could be Malachim around us. In the time of the Gemara, they spoke about having Shadim around them. It's a dimension of Ruchnius which is around us as we aren't able to perceive it with our eyes. And therefore, the person standing in Shemona he doesn't have to imagine himself in a space rocket going up to some uh, distant galaxy. When a person is in Shemona he's meant to feel Hashem's right in front of him. He's Oymi Bifnei Amelech, right here. He's in Shemaim. He's in a spiritual space where right now he's addressing Hashem. And that's why the Gemara says, the way everybody explains it, that the Mispal should have his eyes averted. He should keep his eyes down. Because it's also to look at the Shechina. And since the person feels the Shechina is in front of him, so that's the case, it's respect for the Shechina not to look up. 
the same libel amalo, the same sense that when I'm davening, I'm now in front of Hashem. It makes me therefore keep my eyes point, turned away so that I'm not going to look into the Shekhinah. That's the second level. The second level we're speaking about in that tefillah isn't just to define why I want something, but tefillah is also to develop a feeling of connection to a level of ruchnius which I'm holding by when I'm davening. A connection which is far removed from the physical place I normally am. And therefore, when a person does get to that place in tefillah of connection, it's hard to detach from it again. It's hard to come back down here. As he says about the Chassidah Rishonim, that they spent an hour, so to speak, descending back to this world after the spiritual high, if one wants to call it that of tefillah.